All right. Welcome back to the Blueprint Podcast. I am your host, Melvin Banks. Buckle up. It's time to enjoy the journey. Um, I want to first start off by apologizing for uh, having to make adjustments in, in time today. Uh, usually we're we're here every Sunday at 530. Um, but due to a couple of different circumstances, had to make some adjustments here. Um, so we'll, we'll make it work, though. I think uh, everything will be just fine. So uh, today, as you could see on our episode that is entitled, Can We Talk? I have my beautiful side chick here with me. <laughs> I knew you'd love that. I have my, my beautiful wife here, uh, Miss Angie, with me. So we are going to be uh, talking to you today about uh, a number of different things, but uh, really just sharing a little bit about our inside our own life experiences as parents and um having some conversations, some of those difficult conversations with our kids. So, Miss Angie, how are you doing today? A little bit tired, but I'm good. <laughs> a little bit tired, but good. All right. So, um, I tell you what, uh, before we really get too far into anything, um, first off, I just want to say thanks, because I don't think any of us, either of us, uh, anticipated enjoying uh, doing this together as much as I know I have. Um just getting to have these conversations and uh, and just kind of share a little bit about our lives and uh, getting to uh, share a passion of mine uh, for for helping people and serving people and uh, you know I think uh, the other big thing is because you don't like to be on social media pretty much at all <laughs> um, you know I, I get to brag and show off my wife so uh, for for those of you who never you know, get to see her or see pictures and all of that stuff because she doesn't like me taking pictures, doesn't like, <laughs> she does, she has a Facebook that she never uses. Um, I have to literally say, hey, go read this that was posted or that I posted or, you know, whatever to get her to look at uh, any sort of social media. So, um, you know, you, you, you've kind of, you, you've trusted me and followed me in a number of different ventures that I've gone out in. This has been one of the ones that I've really enjoyed doing all the way through to Happy Clown Ice Cream, which is a story for an entirely different day. Uh, see, nobody knows what Happy Clown Ice Cream is, but, uh, no one should. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we do. So that's a story for another day. So, Today we're going to talk not just as a couple, um, but more importantly as parents. Uh, and we're going to share some of the insight that we've gained over the course of the years about having some of the uncomfortable conversations um, with our kids. And I believe as parents, we all go through uh, that stage. If you're fortunate enough, if you've been blessed enough in your life to get to the point where um, you have this group of individuals. We, we all start off, you know, you have children and they're these wonderful little beings and, you know, whenever they're young, they hang on to your every word and they're so loving and they're so sweet and, you know, everything you say is gold and you're looked at as some sort of superhero. But something happens somewhere between ages 11 to 13, 11 and 12, somewhere in there, Something happens where all of a sudden the same kids who once uh, 
hung on to your every word and thought you were just this incredible superhero that knew everything, all of a sudden they think you're as dumb as a bucket of knuckles. <laughs> you have nothing of value that can be added to their life, um, you know, whenever, uh, whenever you talk to them. So, you know, I, I want to talk to you guys in particular about having those difficult conversations with your teenage children. Uh, that, that is the age that I really feel it's, it's most important is whenever we have the conversations with our teenage children because, you know, those are the conversations and the life lessons that they're going to learn that's going to help to shape them as an adult. And whenever I say those difficult conversations, I'm talking about everything from sex, from drugs, uh, peer leadership, selecting friends, uh, the influences that you have around you, all of those different things. And I believe it's, uh, it's different for everybody, for every parent even, having those conversations because we, we kind of shape the way that we parent based upon how we were parented, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that, uh, y you know, it, it's, it's something where depending on where you grew up or who your parents were, you have a better understanding and feeling about how to have those sort of life conversations with your children. Uh, so before we, before we go any further, I'm just curious, uh, and I'd love for us to both kind of share our experiences with our own parents. And for those of you listening, please feel free, uh, Throw your questions in there, uh, your comments, whatever. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to to share those as we go through and answer any questions that might come up. But uh, really, I, I'm I'm curious for you growing up, and I, I kind of already know the answer to the question. But for the people that are listening, why don't you share a little bit about um, how your parents had those difficult conversations with you uh, whenever it comes to things like sex, money, uh, drugs, influence, peers around you, and all of that stuff? Well, this is a very brief answer, but in <laughs> my household, there were no conversations. So I just think that was a prevalent thing in our culture that you didn't, um, you didn't ask questions, you didn't talk about anything, you just go through life and you deal with it, you know, and yeah. that was it. Well, and you know, I think that's a, that's a really uh, good point that you made, though, because I, my experience was similar, um, with the exception that my dad, as I got older, um, you know, my dad would have uh, more, more direct conversations with me about certain things. Um, but I think it's always uncomfortable as a parent uh, to, to have certain conversations with your kids because... Well, one, even though it's something that they need, how do you even begin to approach having the conversation? You know, as a, as a parent, how do you sit down and talk to your kids about things like mental health, about how to handle situations when you find yourself in a situation and someone's trying to pressure you or influence you into to doing something that you don't want to do? How, how do you get yourself out of those situations as well? So I think it's important... Um, for each of us, uh, that, that we kind of, uh, have an understanding of how to approach that, how to go into those situations. I, I think the first, uh, real in-depth conversation that my father and I, for example, uh, and, and this is a PG-13 conversation for, for those of you that are listening. So, um, and, and I'll probably share more than I should, but whatever. 
So, so the first conversation that my dad and I had, for example, about sex was whenever I called him and told him that you were pregnant. <laughs> and that's kind of when the conversation happened. Uh, at, at that point, I was, what, 19, 20 years old. And, um, you know, <laughs> here, here's how the conversation went. Well, son, you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, had I been a little quicker on my toes back then, I would have said, well, no, I didn't. But, geez, Dad, had you said something, I would have known better. But, um, you, you know, we, we all have those conversations at different stages in life. Um, and I believe in the African-American community, for us in particular, it's something where you don't have enough of those conversations. So I think it's something where, where every parent could benefit from it. Uh, I believe that, you know, we have to reestablish sort of a cultural norm uh, for us, for minorities uh, in particular, about having those difficult conversations. And I believe that there's so many parents who, who grew up just like us, regardless of where they grew up or who raised them, um, that had the same sort of situation where there was never any conversation. It was you know what, you'll figure it out. And sometimes by the time we figure things out, <laughs> we've already, we've already made decisions that are, that are going to be with us for the rest of our lives. We, we've already made decisions and gotten ourselves into trouble by hanging out with the wrong people. Or we've already gotten ourselves into trouble with drugs or alcohol. Or, you know, nowadays it's so prevalent, um, you know, we've already found ourselves in a struggle with mental health issues and our kids don't know how to say something's something's bothering me here. I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. So I think uh, one of the things that we could do and hopefully and just just having some conversation and some dialogue here uh, is help parents to open up that that guideline or that that uh, that communication line with their children to understand how to approach the situation and how to make it so that it doesn't become one of those brick walls. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we've had or tried to have conversations at times, and I think our kids respond differently. Um, for, for those of you uh, listening, so we have four children, ages 14, or I'm sorry, 13, 15, 19, and 23. So there's a wide range. Now, I believe that the first two, it was a whole lot harder to have those conversations with really because we were young parents and we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Now, by the second two, you're just like, okay, uh, I mean, I think I know what I'm talking about at this point, and it makes it a little bit easier. You've learned from the mistakes of the first two. Sorry, Yasmin and Melvin. We did what, <laughs> what we thought was right. We tried our best, but, you know, you learn along the way. Um, so I believe with, with our two younger ones, with Jalen and Sanaya, we, um, we were a little more equipped. I guess from the experiences. I didn't feel that way. Maybe you didn't feel that way? I didn't feel that way because they're all each individual cases and they all each have individual personalities. Yeah. And so what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. Mm -hmm. So it's always with each one, it's a different circumstance, I guess. Well, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I believe that with the first two, with our older two, it was... Um, a combination of us not really knowing what we were doing. We're trying to figure it out on the go, too. Um, but I think their personalities are a little bit, are, are dramatically different, really, than the the two younger ones. For 
you know, Yasmin, she's more outspoken, more boisterous. Melvin is more of a introverted, introverted and he, he, he's going to make up his mind on something, and that's the way that it is no matter what. You're not going to change his thinking. Um, whereas I believe Jalen is more receptive to listening and taking in processing information, and Sanaya is she's more of a she's very guarded guarded yes i guess that's the right word to use she's more guarded but i think um knowing their personalities helps to understand how to communicate with them as well so i think that yeah they are very different um but i think those differences are what helps to open up the communication and understanding how to approach it now that being said um i think when it comes to having some of those life conversations uh Personally speaking, uh, I, I reverted and used the same method <laughs> with, with uh, at least with the two boys. It was almost as a de facto because they were boys. Okay, I felt more comfortable having conversations with them. Um, so, you know, for example, when, when the boys had the talk, um, I remember with both of them, it was out on a fishing boat because, you know, right there, what other time do you have to... To have those sort of conversations and when we're talking about things like like sex and how to treat a woman and respecting people and all of that stuff well they can't run away there's nothing else they could go do they have to listen i've got a captive audience so i i use that method with uh with both of them and apparently it wasn't too great because jalen said when did we have the talk? <laughs> and i was like you don't remember whenever we went out and we were fishing and uh, you know, we, we have these conversations about stuff, but there are other aspects, other things, um, that, you know, we, we constantly have, uh, have talked about over the course of, you know, the years. There are certain things, of course, whenever it comes down to talking about how you select your friends. Um, and I believe that's something that's vitally important because we all know as parents in those teenage years, um, you know, kids are heavily influenced by the people they surround themselves with. So teaching them that you have to be, and I don't even know how to say this without it sounding odd or awkward, you have to be selective in the people that you surround yourself with. Um, because if you just allow anybody into your life to influence you, uh, you don't know what type of influence they could have. And if it's the type of person that you don't want to be influenced by, yet you allow them into your life to influence you, um, it's, it could be detrimental um, to, to your long-term future, your, your uh, ability to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. So it's important to, to have those conversations with our kids. Um, bring on I need a conflict in your own life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I you you. There, there's the uh, statement guilt by association and a lot of times that happens with young people where because they surrounded themselves by a certain group of individuals and let's just say that group of individuals gets in trouble quite a bit well whenever the situation comes up and that group gets in trouble they're always around them by default they're going to be found to be you know looked at as okay hey you know, they're, they're guilty of doing whatever it is because they're always with them or they're one of the ones who, uh, who um, you know, is with them causing the conflict. So 
Um, it's important to have those conversations with our kids and understanding how to open up the dialogue, I believe, is the important thing. So if you don't mind, I'll share some of the things that I've picked up along the way. And, um, you know, I'd be glad to have you share. I know you're like, I'm going to be a little quiet on this one. <laughs> but um, I would love to share, you know, some of the things that um, I've certainly picked up along the way. Um, and I think the first thing for us as parents, uh, whenever it comes to having a difficult conversation with uh, one of our, our children is being willing to have the conversation without preaching it to them. Now, <laughs> guilty party right here. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned, you know, sometimes we, we want, we get, let me use the buzzword. We get so passionate about an issue as a parent and, and our passion turns into preaching to our children and we, we want to browbeat them. It's not just preaching, it's just the fear, worry, and concern. Like for me, I will admit my husband does take on a lot of the hard questions and topics because for me as a mom, sometimes I'm just afraid of what I'm going to hear. I yeah. tend to get too emotional about it and I see it as a reflection of something that I've done sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's harder for me. Melvin does an excellent job of having those hard conversations with our kids. Me, not so much. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I mean, so we're a duo, we're a tandem. So each of us has our strengths in, in certain aspects. Now, they are more likely, whenever they're in trouble, to go to mom to talk to her about the issue because mom listens a little bit better um, maybe then dad does <laughs> Dad, dad listens, but at the same time, um, dad can be that, you know, I'm going to ask a million and one questions. It, it's my nature. I'm I'm at times going to have to stop myself and say, okay, Melvin, look, you've been that age before you've made the same decisions, the same bad decisions. You got to be understanding in the situation. It's taken a lot of work over the years. I'm, I'm uh, one of those parents who is definitely in recovery <laughs> whenever it comes down to that. And one thing I want to add is the one thing that always comes up when we're having these hard conversations with our kids is the body language. Mm. Like we always, always tell them it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Like you yeah. can the look on his face when he's talking to you or I'm talking to you. <laughs> You know, so you have to be conscious of your body language when you're having these conversations with your kids. Yeah, that, that's that's an excellent point. Um, I don't know if you guys could tell just by looking at us sitting side by side here, <laughs> but I'm slightly larger um, <laughs> than than other people uh, sometimes. So it could be intimidating and, and voice inflection. My voice is naturally pretty darn loud um, and it could come across as I'm raising my voice. This is just the way that I talk. It, uh, it comes out that way. So it could be intimidating sometimes. So sometimes it, I have to be conscious when I'm having the conversation of softening my voice, softening my tone, keeping it low so that I'm not, you're not talking to an audience. <laughs> you know, you're not on a stage. This isn't a big room. You're one on one with somebody. So, you know, sometimes I just have to be conscious of that and be willing to, to have a gentle conversation with people, uh, and, and especially with my kids, because uh, I've, I've found myself in situations where 
my emotions get started going and my voice gets louder and it gets deeper and I I would be intimidated at times if I'm talking to me. <laughs> and and so it's one of those things where we have to be conscious of that and, and pay attention to it. I think the other piece is um, whenever it comes to a conversation, and you, you kind of hit on it here a, a few seconds ago, you said you, you, you're not sure that you want to hear what you might hear. And I think for us as parents, we all sometimes feel that way, but I think we have to be willing to listen whenever we're having the conversation. No, no conversation is effective whenever it's only going one way. Mm -hmm. If it's all me talking, and that's that's what I was talking about whenever we talk about um, not preaching to to our kids whenever we talk to them uh, in those conversations. Now, there are certain conversations or certain times when they just need to hear something, <laughs> but I think whenever it comes down to those those critical conversations in life, being able to have the conversation without it being a one-sided um, affair of me just browbeating them or you just browbeating them on something, <clears throat> but being willing to listen and understand what they're trying to communicate back to us. Um, and that's something I, I'm sure uh, many other parents struggle with. Uh, and what it does is whenever you approach the conversation that way, whenever you uh, you kind of turned to browbeating and being unwilling to listen, what ends up happening is it shuts the kid down, not only in that conversation, but it shuts them down in every other conversation. Whenever they feel like one time they hadn't been heard or they can't have a conversation with you, um, it, it becomes a situation where in their mind, I know this is what's going to happen if I go to mom or dad. So I'm not going to go to them. And heaven forbid, if they aren't coming to us to have those conversations, um, who knows where they're getting the information from. And we all know there are too many people out there who are all too willing to give their opinion and uh, give their insight on how things should go or be done that are going to influence our kids if we're not the ones influencing them the proper way. So... Um, we have to be willing to listen. Um, we have to watch our tone and, and body language, of course, is part of that. We, you know, sometimes guys, we tend to puff our chest out a little bit whenever we have a have that tough conversation. So sometimes we just got to be a little more empathetic to, to the situation and lower our voice, soften our tone and be willing to listen. Um, so let me ask you this. If if you could change anything. Let's say, let's say hypothetically, we were starting all over as parents. And I say hypothetically because it would never happen. <laughs> we are done raising little children, at least. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with, uh, with them visiting whenever the time comes and our kids have grandkids for us. They could visit for the weekend and then they are gone. I'll give them a 20, throw up the deuce sign and they're heading back home. But um, whenever it comes down to that, if hypothetically we were starting over, what would you change about the way that we've had uh, or, or raised or had these conversations with our kids? What would you do differently? And when would you suggest having some of those difficult conversations with them? What would I do differently? 
I would be more open to having the conversations <laughs> with them. Okay. Um, one, I would probably say I'd start having those conversations even before middle school, maybe fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. Because once they get in sixth grade, it's just a downhill from there. So you <laughs> need to prepare them yeah. in advance. And kids are getting into things so much earlier mm-hmm. nowadays than when we were growing up with uh, access to everything, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, that's That's a really good point. I mean... You think about it, every kid is carrying around, I mean, we didn't have computers growing up. Um, if you wanted to do something stupid, you had to go to your buddy's house who had an uncle that came over all the time that, you know, could, could there goes the influence piece that could get you into trouble and, and show you and do things that you shouldn't be doing or tell you about stuff that you shouldn't be knowing about. Nowadays, every kid has in their hand a, a computer that's stronger than any computer we had even in the year 2000. I mean, just put that in perspective, 2000, 2005, 2010. They have in their hand a computer that's stronger than that, that could process more information and give them access to anything at the snap of their fingers. So having conversations even earlier now. You know, I would just say it's really sad when you think about it, that kids are really not allowed to be children anymore. Yeah. Because in this world, they just grow up so quick. And it's just too much for their young minds to process, leading to the mental illness and every other issue that they have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that that is um, something. And we, we didn't really get into, into that aspect because that is another show coming down the road is talking about some of the mental health issues that, that kids struggle with because of all of these things. And that's why it's so important that we have these sort of hard conversations with them and talk about everything from, you know, it used to just be you talked with them about sex so that they understood that you talked with them about friends so that they understood that now you have to talk with them about things like mental health, uh, you know, social media and the responsibility on how to handle that. I mean, because nowadays we, we've all seen the stories where you have, kids doing stuff, posting stuff, putting stuff out there. Um, and once it goes out there, it's out there forever. Mm-hmm. There, There's no button you could hit that'll remove it from the internet. Um, the internet holds information forever, and once it gets out there, it's out there. So I think it's important that we have those conversations with our kids earlier and earlier um, and you know, guide them down the right path and help them to understand the responsibility that comes with um, having access the way that they do and how it impacts them, um, you know, on, on the other side of that, because it's one thing, the access piece. It's another thing to to actually, uh, you know, have the access and learn how to be responsible with it. And then it's another thing to understand just how that will impact them mm-hmm. after the fact. Because, you know, there are things, and I won't get into spilling all my little little business here, but there are things and decisions I've made and things that I did as a teenager that still impact me to this day. And I'm sure every one of us as parents uh, are sitting here right now thinking about things that we've done that still impact us to this day in, in some way, whether it's emotional or psychological or whatever it is, but there are things that are going to impact us. So we have to, we have to share with our children the responsibility. And, you know, I'm, I'm even one of those people who believes it's important that at some point 
we share our failures with our kids at the at the appropriate ages. Now, um, you know, don't 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 give them you know ammunition at age thirteen so that they could say, well, you did this or that or whatever it was, you know. So what what you want to do is share things at the appropriate age, not with the intent of just giving them the the information, but of helping them to understand how the decisions you made impacted you. And maybe even just admit that we don't always have the answers. Yeah. You know, no one person has all the answers. Yeah. You know, and going back to your question, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over. <laughs> but one thing I would say I would definitely change is I would be more aware of the words that I use with the kids because mm -hmm. I didn't realize how certain things, in particular to the girls that I've said, not even thinking, have really scarred them today, yeah. you know. So I would just really pay more attention to what I, the things I've said to the girls about themselves, I guess. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, yeah, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's really, it's it's important for us to, to be able to, one, be conscious of the words that we're using with our children, the things that we're saying. Uh, even Even those little things that we think might be a joke or we're picking at them, it could impact them, especially once they get to this age. Um, the psyche of a young uh, an adolescent is very fragile, and we all know that because we've been there before. Uh, so it's important that we we absolutely understand just how fragile it is and that we share with them our own experiences at the appropriate time so that they understand we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We don't have all the answers. But I can share with you you know, this is where I've been. This is the decision I made. This is how it impacted me. This is why I don't want you to make that decision for yourself because it had this sort of impact on me and I'm still dealing with it to this day. And, and I think if we get to a point where we have more candid conversations, just like that, not with the intent of preaching, but with the intent of helping our children to understand the perils that are out there before them, um, I think that we can we can help them to make better decisions in life. We can help them to be healthier emotionally and mentally as they become young adults uh, without all the scars and damage. My, my I think we could look at parenting as a success or, or how successful we've been whenever we look at it and say, OK, did my kids need to sit down and talk with somebody when they became an adult because of the damage that I did while they were a child? Now, I think that's for, for a parent. We, we don't want our kids to be dealing with the residual impact of our poor parenting choices or our poor decisions, um, you know, years down the road. We, we would hope that we avoid the pitfalls and, and the mistakes that damage them or scar them. So I think a part of that is, just being honest, being candid about things. And, and also ask yourself, if I were having this conversation with anyone else, would I respond in the same manner? Mm. Would I was respond with this level of anger? You know, yeah. would I have be this compassionate, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. Having, having that level of inner dialogue and saying, okay, yes, I'm, I'm responding. My heart is, uh, I'm, I'm more passionate about it. My heart is more drawn into it because it's somebody that I love, but what's going to connect with them most to help them to understand what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. and what's going to help them to feel, you know what? Okay. I understand why they're saying this or, or why they're telling me to do this. And really we have to take a step back in those conversations and 
just uh, just try to try to you know have as much of a positive impact. And what we ultimately want, whenever we have a conversation with our kids, is for them to walk away feeling like, man, I'm glad I yeah they they were heard. But we want them to say, I'm glad I talked to them. And, and whenever we, they walk away feeling that way, the one thing that's certain is that in future situations. Um, they're going to come back to you whenever they have to have those conversations when things are difficult or they need to make a decision. We know that they'll come back to us to have that conversation. Yeah, um, we haven't lost our parents early. I would even add, I don't want to waste my time having meaningful conversations with my kids because you don't know how many chances you'll have yeah. to have those meaningful conversations. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's something that, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't know how many opportunities we're going to get to have those conversations with our kids. So it's important that we take advantage of every single one that we have um, and, and just be willing to open up, open up your heart, be absolutely honest about, uh, about life and about your own experiences and about the challenges you, you might have had with something or the impact that a certain decision might have made on you. And I think in that it, it does a couple of things. One, um, it helps our children to understand us as a human a little bit better. Uh, and a person It's not just mom and dad. It's, you know, mom and dad and they're a person and they've been through this too. And they've, they've dealt with this type of struggle before too. And then the other aspect of that is they're going to gain a certain level of trust and respect. Your kids trust you and they respect you already. But there's something deeper, richer, and more meaningful in the relationship whenever they know that not only do I trust and respect them, but I know that I can go to them in the most challenging times of my life and share this with them or get insight or get some sort of guidance in this situation that's going to help me through whatever it is I'm trying to, trying to navigate through. So I think those are... Uh, just some of the basic things that we can uh, we can share uh, with our kids, and I think it's important that we do have those conversations. So um, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable as parents, and, and sometimes parenting gets very uncomfortable, um, you know, because there are so many different different things and struggles and challenges that we uh, that we're going to encounter. But what we want to do above all else is. We want to guide our kids and we want to help them as much as possible to avoid falling in the same traps and pits that we've fall, fallen into uh, during the course of our life. And so as we we go through and do that, I think it strengthens the relationship. Um, it, it strengthens that bond and that trust between you and your children. And it helps them to understand uh, understand you a little more in the process. So. Um, that being said, um, anything else you want to add here, Miss Angie? Any any other thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I appreciate all of you guys jumping on with us. Um, and hey there, Yolanda. Um, I, I see your uh, your message there. And Nat, thanks again. Uh, I, I appreciate you being on there, brother. And. Uh, Terry, how are you? Good, good to have you listening in as well, ma'am. And um, then Kathy uh, Winfrey, hello. Jamar, hello. 
What's, what's going on, uh, Jamar? How are you, man? It's been forever and a day, brother. It's, it's good, to, uh, good to hear from you. But, um, you know, I, I think the big thing is be willing to be upfront and be honest with, uh, with your children. Sometimes we, we get so wrapped up in trying to create the fa facade of perfection mm -hmm. when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I, I hope, I hope that I'm cur courageous enough to share enough of the bad decisions that I made to keep my kids from making them. Um, and and uh, I'm sure my brother Nathaniel can, can attest to all of this as he's watching uh, as we record. But at the same time, um, I, I want them to feel like, you know what, dad, dad is a human being. He, he wasn't perfect, but he's honest with me. And he's willing to share with me uh, his challenges and struggles and the things that he's encountered. And he's willing to, to have the conversation with me to help me uh, avoid making the same mistakes that he's made and the same from mom. So uh, really, that's the only thing we could really strive for as parents is to help pave the way for our kids, to be honest with them, to, to be compassionate, to be empathetic, understand what they're going through. Uh, sometimes we get so emotional that we forget that we were there um, at one point in time. We we were the same one whenever we go in there, and <laughs> we were the same one who, you know, we go in there and we get on them for being on the phone late at night, and I could tell you there were many 2 and 3 a.m. conversations. Lie. wasn't a conversation where I was holding the phone and somebody else was on the other end just breathing until <laughs> 2 and 3 in the morning, and uh, we all know that. And Matt, uh, <laughs> Matt is, is saying uh, ten dollars, and he'll share everything with uh, with the audience. So, so uh, just remember, Nat, I've got a I've got a file on you as well. So if you share, I share. It'll it'll be scorched earth. We're all telling everything. <laughs> so that being said, guys, um, I appreciate you all listening in. I appreciate you joining. Um, I want to invite you to follow the Blueprint Podcast with Melvin Banks on any of the major podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and any of the other ones that's out there. I want to invite you to join it, share it, follow it. Um, that way you get notifications whenever the new podcast is posted. Uh, we come on live every Sunday. We record the podcast, and then it's edited and put out there for everyone to, uh, to see following that. So I appreciate you guys joining in. Um, Miss Angie says there's nothing else that she wants to say. So on that, um, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you join in with us again next week. We will be back to our normal time at 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. And uh, until then, enjoy the journey, guys. Thanks so much for everything. And I look forward to seeing you all again soon.